on this episode of Quantum Week, November 6th through 12th, 1994. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and we talk about movies and music and headlines. Um, and we are in November 1994 talking about Pulp Fiction and Undone, the sweater song from Weezer. Episode 50. Epi- this is a celebratory episode too. And what better way, this is our first time uh, encountering, well, a Tarantino directed movie. We did, right. We did from Dusk Dawn yep. a while ago. Um, but yeah, it's our first time running into a Tarantino film. I know. And a really good one to start off with. In fact, I mean, I'm not going to hide This is my favorite film ever. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oof. I know you're a big Godfather, Godfather guy. One is my favorite it movie of all time. I, so I think it's great, but I doesn't, I think it's probably just the time period for me. Like this hits everything for me. This is probably the funniest film besides ghostbusters. This is the funniest film we've seen. And it's, it's, it's just immaculate in many ways. This is to me, this is a perfect movie. It's not a perfect movie to me. Okay. Um, so this wouldn't. This is definitely going to hit my one spot. This I, is my, uh, uh, me as well. Okay. So this is both. This would be my number one movie. Well, you've said that uh, that other films that we've seen are a perfect movie. Right. So just because you're perfect doesn't mean you're the best. <laughs> it sounds weird to say. Right. Around. It's yeah. more. It's not when a movie's perfect. I guess I shouldn't say perfect. I should say flawless, which is a different thing. Okay, that's better. So Road to Perdition, Silence of the Lambs is a flawless movie. Yeah. This movie has flaws. But the strengths are so they're so, so stratospheric. Yeah. So the screenplay is so good yep. that it uh, it renders some of those flaws, uh, which are minor anyway, to um, and, and it makes them somewhat insignificant. I guess. I think but there so, are yeah. some flaws in this movie. Okay. But this movie is the best movie we've covered. I think so. Yeah. It, it's so, gonna be really hard for anything to top it. Probably. There's very be, few, especially in our lifetime. Our lifetime. Yep. There's very few movies that there are a couple I have in my head, I, you know, but yeah. other than that, you know, very, very small handful. Right. This is, this is about as good as it gets. And to me, Road to Perdition is a prettier film. Like it's a, that is a more oh, without, beautiful without film, but this is, this is not by much, but this is a slightly better film. If that's a 97, this is a 99 or something to me. Yeah. This something is a like hundred, you know, okay, for yeah, me, right. you know, it's hard but, for me. Yeah. I guess Road to Perdition would be like a 97, 98 type thing, but, yeah. um, uh, or even like a 99, but like I really, I really love that movie Road to Perdition, but the, Pulp Fiction is a different stratosphere. Now we're talking, Sid, and especially for me personally, yeah, this was the movie that made me love movies. Yeah. I've always liked movies. So yeah. uh, growing up, I've always a big movie fan. I, I, you know, I was watching Hitchcock when I was eight, nine, 10 and just, yeah. you know, I, so even at a young age, I was trying to find older movies or movies that I couldn't, I, I just love movies. I've always been obsessed with movies. I right. love movies. But when I saw this movie, when I, I was 15. I actually saw this movie in early 95, like January 95. I saw it in the theater twice. I saw it once. I saw it twice, um, yeah. I went with my mom. That's crazy. I, I went with a bunch of friends. the youngest person in the theater. I was only 15. I just turned 15. I, I just got my car, like not too long, uh, in September. You know, my yeah. birthday's in September. So I got my car and I drove once. And a bunch of, bunch of my friends and I went. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't have a license yet. None of yeah. my friends did. I was a little, a little younger than you. And, um, and I went with my mom. and um, I, so it's funny to say, but I never felt cool leaving a movie theater because not <laughs> yeah. because of my mom, which is very uncool, yeah. but because I, the movie is the coolest movie ever made. And maybe you saw something that your friends didn't get to see in the theater. I was surprised. I mean, I wasn't 18. The movie is R, 
Yeah. And they still let me in. And they were more lax when we were growing up, I think. But 17, I still, by the way, is the Oh, is it 17? Yeah. Okay. But did, did a bunch of your friends get to see it in the theater? They did. I, they I, did. I guess. I, I don't know if they did. I don't, honestly remember. That's not, I've always been able to see. I saw, I was going to write oh, yeah. when I was three. Yeah, right. That wasn't it. It was the fact that it was just the movie itself. Yeah. The movie itself has an energy unlike any other. Yeah. Like you've been to Manhattan, obviously, yep. and you know there's an energy in Manhattan. If you've ever been to Manhattan, uh, that is unlike any other place in the world. It yeah. like makes you feel alive. It's like getting shot with like adrenaline. Yeah, this movie is a similar type way. Like this movie makes me excited every time I see it. Oh yeah, it makes me jump out of my seat. And the first time I saw it, my, it was such a like a mind fuck. I was totally so blown away by this movie. Right, because you, I mean, it forces you to pay attention, but you have to. You also have to pay attention to like to sort of get get the entire. Scope because of the the, the time, the time stuff too. Yeah, right. Now, was this the first Tarantino movie you saw? Oh, uh, yes, I saw Res Dogs after this. Me too. Yeah. So I I I was a, a subscriber to Entertainment Weekly, and I'd read about <laughs> this Pulp Fiction movie. And uh, my dad died in December, so uh, like we really weren't going to the movie. This came out obviously we're in November now, so you know, pretty close. Right, but like the movie, so like it wasn't like we were going to the movies when my dad was really sick. Yeah. So I saw it later. I saw it in January. Um, but so I, I subscribed to Entertainment Weekly and I'm reading about Pulp Fiction every week and I'm like, I'm dying to see this movie. Yeah. So when I was finally able to go, like I had like, I was really hyped to see it. Like I was like really hyped to see this movie. So it had really high expectations and obviously it blew them away. Yeah, that was not my experience at all. I, my friends thought it was, my friends were way more into film than I was. I, I always liked it. I always enjoyed movies, but but they were psyched to see it. And then when I went, I was like, oh, I've never seen anything like this. This is, this is, this is like changes shit for me. Oh, this changes yeah. movies for me. It changed movies for me. Yeah. Uh, and so that next weekend I made my mom bring me to Blockbuster <laughs> and I rented Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. And I saw, I saw, and I, cause I had it on VHS. I watched it like four times that weekend. I'm like, this is, un-. so, at, you know, after that weekend, so after like this five day period, I went from never seeing a Tarantino movie to, to being like the biggest Tarantino fan you'll ever meet. <laughs> and I'm still that way. Yeah. There are some movies that don't work for me that he's done. And we'll talk about them as we kind of go through this yeah, sure. a little bit. Sure. Sure. Um, but, um, this movie, this and the movie Casino. Yeah. Um, and I know people say Casino is a Goodfellas knockoff, and I'm not going to ha- argue that because I, I can understand that point of view. I disagree to some extent, but I understand. Yeah. Like, I understand that point of view. But I, when I saw it, I hadn't seen Goodfellas yet. Okay. So I saw Casino first. I see. I believe. But I had seen, I had seen Goodfellas. I was very young. I was like nine. So I saw this one. I, I saw Casino was 15. I saw Pulp Fiction when I was 15. And when you're 15, it's kind of like when you really fall in love with stuff. Sure. That's when you really change from liking something to really loving something. At least it was for me. And that was the hinge. Those two movies made me a movie freak. I, I couldn't get enough. Yeah. And it was those two films that the cinema experience, which I fear is going away by the, by the, yeah, by the second I think year, so. unfortunately. But seeing those in movies with, with crowds of people and getting so hyped up for it, I was hyped up for that too. And just walked away, walking away, being completely blown away. So it's really the perfect movie for the perfect time because it's the perfect time in your life to really start to get awakened to this type of thing. And it's just such an amazing film to see, particularly in the theater. That yeah, perfect movie, perfect time. Exactly. For you. I bet yeah. if someone was ten years older than me, they probably have the same reaction like Goodfellas, probably or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're ten years younger, you have a similar reaction to maybe The Matrix or something. Oh, could be. I don't like The Matrix, but I, yeah. I know a lot of people. I can see. But like something that's like a movie that changes the game. Right. Now, Casino did not change the game. I don't even like that, but Casino had certain things that really, the way it was shot, really just, it, it, I fell in love with it. Yeah. The way Pulp Fiction is written, I fell in love with it. Oh, the writing is, is they're like on par with anything. You can't. Incre- you, screenplay might be the best ever. Yeah, it's, it's it might up be there. the best ever, I mean, right? the dialogue is so phenomenal in, in every scene. Phenomenal. 
The fact that Tarantino could write like that, I mean, I know he had some help. What was it, Avery, whatever, but- Yeah, uh, Roger Avery, yeah. Roger Avery. Um, Tarantino could write like that and is an amazing director is crazy to me that he has that much talent, that he has that much like fucking scope to his, to his creative side. It's crazy to me. Absolutely. So let's talk about Tarantino for a second. Yeah, and sure. Directing and writing. So are you a Reservoir Dogs fan? <sighs> the violence in that is not funny to me. And not like violence is really funny, but that, but there's so much humor attached to Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. that it, the violence of it doesn't affect me the same way. I was really put off with Res Dogs the first time I saw it because the Reservoir violence. Dogs is a nastier movie. Yeah. I love Reservoir Dogs. I think it's great. I haven't seen it in years. One I probably should go back. Movies. I, it's I really go good. Back. Yeah. But it is a nastier movie. I don't think Reservoir Dogs is well directed. In fact, I think Reservoir Dogs is poorly directed. See, I won't have a because con- I haven't seen it in so yeah. long. But I think it's I think it's a very well made movie. Mm. I think the act the performances are very good, especially Roth and Keitel. Yeah, and and Madsen, and I think the screenplay is phenomenal. Yep, uh, and Buscemi is very good too. So he has some good performances, really good casting, really good, good screenplay. screenplay, really badly directed. It's mm. not there. Obviously, the, the when he cuts the ear of the cop, that's yeah. that's incredible the way he yeah. cuts away. Really good, but for the most part, the way it's shot, the way it's framed, like that it's just not. It's very it's very messy. It's well, sloppy. it's his first one, right. really, and that's fine. Yeah. The second movie, Pulp Fiction, this also, in my opinion, isn't directed that great. Really? I don't think this is... So there's, there's some problems, some mistakes, like uh, when uh, uh, Amanda Plummer in the beginning, yeah. she she says a different line than she does at the end. That's right. Any yeah. of you motherfuckers, move, and I'll shoot, execute every motherfucking last one of you. Yeah. But then at the end, it's different. That's right. And... Um, Little things like that. Plus, some frames are just, it's crooked and odd yeah, I thought that he was doing that on purpose, though. I think it is supposed to be gritty. Yeah. But it's not done. So the reason I I don't think it, I don't think it's ideal. We're being, look, we're being extremely picky here. I am and I'm just, not. I don't think, for a great, for all the movies that I, I absolutely love. Yeah. This is probably the worst directed one. You think so? Yeah. And Ooh. I think Tarantino doesn't, I mean, I don't want to speak of Tarantino, but I don't think this was the ideal because you look at his other movies and he becomes an amazing director. Yeah. So like, take like, uh, well, I think it all like, I think, well, I think Jackie Brown might be my favorite Tarantino. Movie. I haven't seen that in forever either. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's a much better directing job than this. The, the screenplay is not as good, but yeah. it's And then Kill Bill. That's when we get that stylistic Tarantino that's basically making like a flawless looking movie. Yep. And then even like Hateful Eight, which I don't like, that, um, I like Hateful Eight a lot. I think the movie's beautiful. I love it. It's beautiful. It's incredibly With the shot snow and, and yeah, the score beautiful. and everything. And like, yep. oh, like I don't like that screenplay. I mean, it's like it's just it's just too nasty. It's just too mean spirited. I really like it actually. Um, yeah, and that's and yeah. I, I wouldn't. I, if someone says that they love it, I'm not going to argue because yeah. it is a, it's an interesting movie. Very it's interesting. Not for me. Yeah. Um, but he shoots that whole movie takes place in one room. It does. I know. And it feels you're never like it's it's never the same shot twice. No, it doesn't He's feel claustrophobic re- and yeah. And then Once Upon a Time Hollywood is, in my opinion, maybe right. his best movie. Yeah, I know you love that film. Um, it's right there with this and with with Jackie Brown for me. Yeah. And that movie is shot so elegantly, right? Like yeah. the shots of like, you know, LA in sixty nine. Like it's just incredible. Yeah, even the compound and it's just everything beautiful. is yeah. just shot like he he just he's so brilliant. Fucking brilliant. And he's he, you know, he's only again, it's only his second movie. He didn't he didn't know what he was doing. So but there are Compare Pulp Fiction to like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or even Kill Bill. Yeah. And it's like, oh, there's a stylistic change that happens there that isn't here yet. And that's okay. But it does feel pulpy to me. That's why. It feels very stylized. There is that. I mean, he does go spaghetti western, you know, and Kill Bill is, is like that too. But you still feel it here sort of 
rock, like rock and rollish, like 50s, 60s rock and rollish slash spaghetti western. You still feel that. But why have it be sloppy though? Why have the 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 the, the dialogue? It's kind of like Weezer too. Weezer slot. We'll get into this later. But he, they're a sloppy band. But, um, but Tarantino's not a sloppy director, though. No, I, but maybe he was at the time. I don't know. I, mean, I, I just think he just didn't know. And you're probably right. Okay, like yeah, he was he, young. He's maybe 29 or 30. Second at the time. Movie, yeah, like, second film. Yeah, yeah, that's really fucking hard to do. Right. And you know they're on a tight budget too. He's not able to go in there. There's make, a lot of moving parts. You know, oh, it's very incre- complicated. Incredibly script. complicated. Right. So um, yeah, it could but, be. But that's my that's my really my biggest gripe is yeah. that there are some sloppiness here. But having said, uh, this is a very minor gripe. This I I cannot like I had this poster. Yeah. In my in the, my bedroom, Uma Thurman, Uma Thurman on, the, yeah. on the bed, like, like that was gun. my poster, like high school. And yeah, the, I talk about the lost years. Like that's what I had in my bed. Like I worship this movie. And yeah. I still worship it. I love this movie. It's an awesome film. I love everything it means, and I, I love now that I'm 40 years old. I look back and I was like, oh wow, it's so cool that I was into this when I was 15. Like, yeah. I think that's like that's cool to me, and it's so cool. Like Tarantino's been in my life for 25 years. Yeah, and I just I. I really love this movie so much. Is he your favorite director then? Yes. Okay, he is. I think I think I'm probably I think that's probably the case for me. Yeah. Yep. He's I my, love his films. He's my absolute favorite. Yeah. There are I don't I hate Grindhouse. In my opinion, yeah, I'm cool it with that, doesn't, but it doesn't I, exist. I, like that um, <laughs> I think A uh, Hateful Eight is an interesting movie. I, I don't really care for, but it's interesting. At least Grindhouse to me is just it's shock. Yeah. Um, but everything else he's done, I've loved. I mean, even Kill Bill, you love because I love Kill Bill. I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I would mean love. I really part of the movie I really love. I, I yeah. love that movie. Yeah, I, I, Inglorious Bastards. We haven't talked so about. good. Django. Yeah. We haven't talked about. Like, love that film. Yeah, it's like, and I said Jackie Brown. I can't say enough good things about. It. And it's like, oh my, you go through this list. And it's like, man, oh man, the guy doesn't make many movies. But yeah, because like ones, ten or eleven at this I think point. Like, I think he's like nine, right? Maybe nine, yeah. And the, but the ones he he does for me are the best of the best. Like I. So you like more than Scorsese? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Scorsese's made more films. Yep. So he's had more misses. Um, Scorsese. I think Tarantino does a better job at reinventing himself. Yeah. And does a better job at genres, even though sometimes it does feel a little bit like, oh, retreaded a tiny bit. Like with Django and Inglorious Bastards, they are shot. The scenery is different, but some of the similarities there both have Christoph Waltz. Yep. Both have like, are, are doing like a re shift off history, but yet they still feel like unique and fun films. Totally. Um, yeah, I, I Tarantino Scorsese can get caught in a genre too much. When he breeds off that genre, it doesn't always work. Where Tarantino very rarely misses. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we're talking about like you know what what you know what are you know what's what great thing do you like less? Like uh, <laughs> I actually love both great things a lot. So yeah. Um, I found this movie hard to like thinking about how I wanted to talk about this. But I found it kind of hard because yeah. so much everybody knows this film. Like, there's right. no point in me giving a synopsis. No. Everybody knows this film. Everybody's seen this film. It's on the top of many lists. Yeah, people love you know love this film. So I found it kind of challenging. Like, what's there new to talk about, or what you know what I mean? Like, what's the? I know I didn't want to have a conversation about what's the new suitcase. Right. All right. It's, it's evil and body. Next, yeah. let's just move on. It doesn't right. really matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to. I actually have a question for you. I do, yeah. I mean, people listen to it hopefully to get like our critical takes which i think sure. we do a little differently than like say the ringer which doesn't really do criticism no so which of the three stories do you like the best which one do you like the least or how do you rank those three stories <sighs> that is really hard um i think i can just as a gut reaction i think i connect better with the butch more Me with the too. butch story yeah i just which think it's not the wildly crazy yes it's just so crazy the butch one is my favorite yeah and i, think, I know yeah. typically everyone loves Story one, the most. Was was that the Bonnie situation one? Uh, no, the, that would be uh, Vincent and uh, Mia. Oh yeah, I mean, 
That's actually, I think, my least favorite. Oh, and, really? And I do love them. I love it because I love the stylized shot as they're walking through. Was Jack it Jack Rabbit? Rabbit? Oh, it's so cool. So and then to the dance scene. It's just so, and you see John Travolta in his most endearing. Like, he's so endearing in this. Like, you really like him, but it's still my third favorite. But he's also a total shitbag. Yeah. And I love that Travolta had the balls to be a total shitbag. Yes. Like, he, I know his career was kind of, you know, he just finished those Look Who's Talking movies. He was definitely looking for a shift. But he plays this dopey piece yeah, of yeah, shit. Yeah. And he's he's and he just embodies it. But he's so sweet to Uma Thurman and, and he's this. He's nice to her, yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that like the movie, I love how like, you mentioned the greediness of it. I love how it showed like what real drug dealers are like real drug dealers are like Eric Stoltz. Yeah. They're walking around a bathroom. You think he's gonna live in a nice apartment? They're no. like they're just like scumbags, <laughs> like they're just losers. Like that's like what you know, they're like <laughs> yeah. Who's the girl with the shit all over her face? That's my <laughs> right. wife. That's my wife. Like, it's just funny. Like that's just. just uh, and I love even in story one, like the um the the back and forth with the you know with uh, Samuel Jackson and Travolta to open the movie. Oh, I know. It's so in good. Royale with cheese. I mean, it's almost it's brilliant. It's brilliant, brilliant, beautiful. Brilliant. But but you like the you like the Butch one too. Butch one is just because it's so wild. You think? Uh, I I think a lot of I. Oh God. So. You know, that's first time you have the Christopher Walken. There's monologue, a Walken, of course, which is incredible. Oh my God, one and, of the best monologues ever. And I know maybe some of our younger listeners haven't heard that, haven't been in the theater. So oh that when I was in the theaters, that got the biggest laugh. Yeah. Uh, and then the other big laugh comes when Bruce Willis is talking to his his girlfriend, uh, and he's like, you know, my, you know, the stuff my father had to do to bring that home. <laughs> I'm not gonna get into it right now, but there's a lot of stuff, and it's just like, you know, the fact when Chris, when Christopher Walken says, I, "Up I his stu- ass," I stuck his up his ass for five years. <laughs> Died of dysentery. <laughs> My ass for two. Oh. <laughs> like that is, I mean, the people were like rolling the floor laughing uh, in the theaters when I saw that for the first time. People were just like, it was so shocking. So, so you funny. have the walk-in. You have the fact, I mean, I love the fact that he said, fuck it, and like won that fight. Yeah, Number kill two. the guy. Kill, well, I mean, yeah. But, but, but was so, was so adamant about winning. And you wonder, do you, so I noticed something here in this way, you probably noticed this a long time ago, but I'm, I noticed something here when, um, when Butch is with Marcellus Wallace and he goes to the bar mm-hmm. and Vincent Vega's there and they look at each other and they have like a little altercation moment. Mm-hmm. I think Vincent Vega makes fun of him for taking that. He's, he knows he's going to take a fall. I think he's making, he makes fun of him for that there. And so I wondered then if that was like the impetus, impetus that put him over the edge to say, fuck it. And like, go for it. I mean, maybe it was the money or whatever, but but there was that little interaction where Vega is kind of kind of eyeball- disrespecting He's eyeballing because him. of yeah. that. I think like you're you know take a fall, you it, fucking. It could be. It, it seemed it. it could have been the trigger for him. I mean, yeah. maybe he was in the fence and he kind of went with it, or maybe he had this planned all along. Maybe I don't he did. Know. But I saw that this time, and I was like, hmm. I wonder if that was the impetus, but, yeah. but anyway, so there there's, I love the fact that he just said, fuck it. And like what, cause you all, everybody has those moments where it's like, no, I'm not going to do what you fucking told and me. And they do a great job to set up to like, you know, that little, you might have like that pride. It's pride right. fucking with you. Right. Um, which is, which is just a great way yeah. to, to, uh, to foreshadow or not foreshadow, but kind of explain the situation, which is in. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously have, and then, you know, you get back and you know, not how I will say the give and take with Bruce Willis and the cab driver and the give and take between Bruce Willis and his girlfriend are the weakest moments in the film. Yeah, I think so. Um, and they were not very well cast either actress. I don't really know what Tarantino is going for there. Once again, I know I'm being really nitpicky here, but otherwise it's just going to be me. Like just, you know, yeah, like jacking this film off the entire time, which, you know, there are, you know, every, you know, you can always nitpick and, you know, of course. I, I yeah. Mean, I love this movie a lot. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really, I'm, re- I'm really trying hard to yeah, find stuff yeah, to pick yeah. about, but those no, are, I agree. It's the kind of the slowest moments. Right. Um, but, in, yeah. yeah and, but then it shifts so dramatic. So there's a, a shot. This is like the shot when I fell in love with movies is when 
uh, so Bruce Willis gets in the car to go back to, um, to his apartment and he parks his car and he like takes a breath yeah. and he walks through this like yard to yep. get to his place. Like, uh, yep. And I was so stressed out. Yes. You didn't the know first the- time I saw this, I was like on the edge of my seat. My heart's pounding a mile a minute. I just went through this whole storyline with Travolta and Uma Thurman. That was the most exciting I've ever seen. Right and now this just, in my opinion at that time, one upped it. And I'm just like, oh my, at any point in time, this could be, he could get shot in the fucking what face. What the fuck? Yes. Or jumped or whatever. And it, it was just like, it was the most like exhilarating moment I've ever had in a cinema. It was that when he's making that walk, it's right. There's no music. There's no sound. I know. It's just him. You hear kind of like the ambient of the neighbor of like this shitty neighborhood. People yeah. Like he's crying and stuff and he's walking and, it, and it's just like, and he gets there. Uh, yeah, I, that, and then he walked the cool. That's another cool shot too, is because the camera yes. stays on the first floor while he walks to the second floor. Great shot. Pops up, you know, through the doorway on the second floor, and it just falls him to his door yes. before you go to the key. Basically, and it's, the first time awesome. you see that, I can't emphasize enough. You are you are heart is in your throat. Yeah, like, and you're just like, oh my god, shot in the and face. he puts the key in, and the camera holds in the key for a second, and he's like, oh, what's he gonna find? And there's no one there. And it's like, oh my god, and then he fucking makes pop tarts. What are you doing? What are you doing, Butch? He gets so cocky there. So cocky. You're in your uh, you what? <laughs> uh, and but there is that great second look though. Yeah, uh, between Travolta and Willis that you know was established like you said in that first look in the bar right uh and it, it's great it's a great moment recognition when you kind of recognize someone you realize oh i'm so fucked yeah uh, and travolta doesn't even plead for his life and there's none of that nothing you know and it's great it's a really good you know between two very good actors yeah. two you know travolta maybe not the best actor mm. but certainly an icon two iconic actors at this the is least. the but i mean this is the best thing i've ever seen him do best thing he's ever done by far yeah he's yeah. so good and charismatic in this film um everybody is you, they got Pretty much the best out of everybody. Is there any character you don't like? Or is there well besides the two like the two, the two females? But they're not in very long. Um, any yeah, any of like the main cast that that uh, you're not into? Uh, another huge cherry pick, and this is not Tarantino's fault at all, but it kind of is because I don't love it. Is, I'm real. I'm really nitpicking here. Yeah. So after the Butch accident, uh, Butch hits Marcellus, which is a great <laughs> watching Captain Kangaroo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he hits him and. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this, this Kathy Griffin. There is Kathy Griffin. Kathy and Griffin. Yeah. she's obnoxious. She is. And she's overacting. And then when Butch shoots, no, when Marsalis shoots at Butch. Yeah, and shoots a girl, or shoots a woman. Hits her in like a, the side or something. Yeah, or maybe Marsalis is coming out there. I forget how it happens, but the woman realizes, oh no, that's right. The woman realizes Marsalis is a gun. That's what it is. Yeah. Marsalis picks up the gun. Yeah. And she makes Catherine Griffin sitcom face and then backs uh, away very yeah. comedically. And it's like, you're drawn to her anyway because she's the one person you recognize, which Tarantino had no idea at the time. No. But like, she's like, was a terrible cat. Like, you can, there's a big reason why you never see Catherine Griffin in another Tarantino movie again. Yeah, yeah. And he does work with a lot of the same actors uh, because she's like fucking mugging it. Yeah. And it's like, that's not authentic. And I, I'm really, I said, I'm really cherry picking here, but that was like, no, that was like the thing. He's like, oh. I fucking love that scene though. As they're stumbling oh, around. It's such a great scene. Like, it's not stumbling and shooting. It goes back to that greediness. It's not pretty, but that's what happens. You get fucking car action. <laughs> you're you're gonna, it's not an action movie. You're going to fucking be, you know, fucked up. Dude. And then for them to like get into the pawn shop and the whole thing turns, that, that's just, it's nuts. It's so, I do so want to address this because yeah, some yeah. people in 2020 do have a problem with this movie. I do not. Some people do, yeah, and they feel that it might be kind of like anti-gay. Uh, some of the, the it's stuff. just a predator rapist. I mean, what exactly. The, what the it, fuck? It's do you, a rapist. It's a rape scene. It has nothing to do with anyone being gay. No, I mean you could be right. right. You I, could, I did. I just wanted. Yeah. It's, yeah. Moving on. Uh, do you love? I love that he went back for Marcellus. He's like, this is, this so is great. Too, this and the is way too, he does it far. is, I, I mean, everything who's iconic. Yeah. But he chooses the weapon so carefully. <laughs> no, it's just the hammer oh, to the bat to the chainsaw. Like you don't want him to to run. No, you don't. You know, you don't. And um. 
you know, you want Bruce. It's Bruce Willis is diehard. You have that connection with him too. You do. Just like you have a connection with John Travolta and dancing. You have a connection with Bruce Willis being the hero. Right. Both guys, one guy has to dance the movie and one guy has to go be the hero. He you kind of, you know that in your gut, you need that. And Tarantino, such a film buff, always delivers on, on that kind of stuff. Tarantino is such a master entertainer. Yeah. Um, that third beat is the one I find by far the weakest. So the Uma... Uh, one? Nope, that would be the Bonnie situation. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, the Bonnie situation, you think that's the weakest? The third act. So, but that does include them getting to the door. You're talking about that whole storyline. Right. So them getting the, them talking in the car, getting to the door, going in there, confronting Brett. No. All no, that's, no, no, not that at all. The third just act, the Bonnie, just okay, the, okay. The Bonnie situation. Basically I'm sorry, because of the time, for, you yep. know, jumping around, I'm trying so to identify. So it's basically just like with the movie. So yeah. like um, the second, it's basically the title card from the saying it's the Bonnie situation. Yeah, okay. It starts with the guy who's actually- Marvin. Uh, no, it, well, kind of, but it starts with the guy in the bathroom. Oh, and that's actually uh, Rosanna Arquette's, uh, yeah, brother. Yeah, now, that's right. Sister, I think he, although I think, think, think I'm not sure if he transitioned, but I think he did like transition. I, I think, think he did. He, and I think he might went back. I also think he may have committed suicide too, which is very oh. sad. Um, but he, uh, at the moment it was a he, so I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Uh, was in the bathroom with the gun. Uh, so that's when it starts. And it's just that, so basically from that moment on is the weakest of the three acts to me. Um, and you, I do, you could I, be right. I, and I love the wolf character. Oh yeah. I think so out of main characters, Tarantino himself is the weakest. Oh yeah. As Jimmy, even though he does do a good job playing a shitty guy, Yeah, but I'm not a good guy, but he doesn't. He probably doesn't need to, it could be someone else. And I, I get it. And we, we talked about this a little bit with, uh, from Dust till dawn, like Tarantino's need to act. I guess he just had to get out of his system. Sure. It's just unfortunate because it doesn't need to be there. And it's just, nah, it's, you could find someone who's, it could have been, imagine if somebody better. else was in that role. I mean, you know, a Carrie Elwes from uh, oh, yeah. princess bride, someone sure. like that, a snobby kind of guy yeah. would have been perfect for this. But whatever, it is what it is. Um, but like Cartel is so great. So awesome. And to save a, a bullet like Cartel for the third act is so great. That's actually a really good point. You've got an awesome actor. Yes. Who was just in Res Dogs with you. Yep. Who actually, I think, helped get that film made. Totally did. Without Harvey Cartel, Res Dogs did not happen. Yeah. And we're just going to save this bullet to give some, you know, give the fans some fucking you see, you know, high candy. He's fourth build in the, in the, in the credits. Is he, I can't remember. Yeah. But by the time that happens, you've gone through this, you forgot he's in this movie. You do. Yeah. You I would mean, forget him. You know, you do, of course you do the first time. The first time I saw it, I was like, Oh fuck, it's right. We get the, you know, right. Uh, I, yeah, it was. And to have him, you know, save the day is so great. Um, and yeah. his character, he, he's so good in this. Totally undress, uh, Travolta too. After you kind of built him up as a hero. Cause he just saved Uma Thurman's right. life. Although we didn't see him die. So you, now he's yeah. like this tragic figure. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess you're right. And then, um, and this is kind of where Samuel L. Jackson, uh, kind of can shine here. No actor is better with Tarantino dialogue than Samuel L. Jackson. He like, is not even close. This is, um, this is my favorite Samuel L. Jackson by far. I think he is oh, not me. phenomenal in this film. He this, is this is phenomenal. This isn't even my third. This is my third best. Parent. You think so? Tino, Samuel Jackson. How's that? Do you think so? What's what's uh, one two? He his performances in Jackie Brown. Yeah, and in um, Django Unchained. Yeah, he is the. He's great in Django. In he Django, is, he's, he's great. Fucking evil. Yeah, he is. Evil. He is so evil in that movie. I love him as the kind of a hero in this. I love that his he's character a, arc. He's so bad. He's so evil in Jackie Brown. I can see. I can't. It's been so long. He's since so that film. good in that movie. Uh, I, he's such a great bad guy. I gotta go back. It's. Been, I think I saw it when it came out, and then that was that was the last time I've seen it. I just haven't gone back. But I, this, I don't this movie. Uh, I mean, just Tarantino and Samuel Jackson just reading those those words off the page. It's almost like they were born to work with each other. It's just. It's so phenomenal, and you can see why Tarantino keeps working with him. He's so great. He's awesome. He's so fierce. 
He's and, so fierce. Yeah. And he's he's such and a committed and yeah. Gotta, he, yeah, yeah, he's totally believable. He's menacing, but he's also funny. Yeah. Like that opening scene with him, you know, eating the big kahuna burger. <laughs> I know. It's like, go oh, Sprite. <laughs> May I have a yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he drinks it all as That's, a, a yeah. total like putting his, you know, putting his cock on the table basically. Yeah, like, basically. You know, what the fuck? Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Right. Um, say what one more time, motherfucker. Yeah, you say know, like that whole, speak English and what? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Uh, it, it's all, you know, it's all just phenomenal. I mean, yeah. it's, this, this movie is, is so good. I it's, love this film. Edge of my seat the entire time. I love this film, and I I haven't seen it in I must have been over a decade. Yeah, really? I just yeah, because I don't I don't typically yeah. rewatch. I do some films I rewatch, but it doesn't. But I, yeah, so it was just it was lo- lovely to see again. This is one I watch every couple years or so. But I had the VHS, so I, when I was like between it, like when I, between I'm like seventeen and like twenty five. I probably watched this movie I don't know, a couple hundred times. Like I know every word they're gonna say before they say it. Like I know every like I yeah, oh yeah. I, I'm just yeah, like, no, I'm, I know I know this dialogue maybe as well as I know any other film's dialogue. I mean yeah. I, uh, yeah. This maybe Batman, the eighty nine Batman. I think yeah, I, 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 I might know better because I just that was I came out as nine, I had saw the VHS, and I just saw it a million times. Yeah. But this is right up there with it. Those two movies, and maybe Back to the Future, probably the three I've seen the most. Yeah, I probably saw this twenty times, I guess, in maybe the first ten years of its existence yeah. or something. Yeah. Um love this film. Uma Thurman, so goodness. Yeah, I she's mean, great. She is amazing in this. Yeah, she's great. She's very good in Kill. She's amazing in Kill Bill. Oh, she's phenomenal to do all this, like the 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 physical stuff and um yeah and, and, and the dramatic stuff and the is dramatic she, stuff is, she, is amazing. Is she better in this though? No, I think she's better in Kill Bill because like, you get to see her carry it. She she can she can carry that film. Yeah. She carries that film. Yeah, no problem. It's a different different degree of difficulty. It is, but yeah. uh, but she's great in this. Do you want to talk about the Oscars? Yeah, I did want to talk about that. And I also wanted to ask you, yeah, let's do the Oscars first. I wanted to ask another question after that. All right, let me find. So uh, I know it was nominated for seven. Right. And it, they only won one. It was a screenplay. Right. So let's go through, I'll go through some of the major ones here. Okay. So best picture. So uh, the, every decade you have one movie that's like that one best picture over that, really? Like, yeah. So like, you know, Raging Bull lost. Right. Um, to Chariots of Fire, I believe. Um, in, like Goodfellas lost to like Dance with Wolves. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Even a few years later, so you know, this one's worse. I, I think the other one's worse, but uh, you know. So here are the five five nominees. This one might be worse because you have. A, There's a, only two here that should be in this right. conversation. So Forrest Gump won. Yeah, which is baby boomer porn. It, it's a it's a. I think it's a good movie. It's but, fine, yeah, it's fine. But um, it's not. Good. I had like a lot of people pan it way. Where, I'm more of yes. an apologist for it. Me and too. I think Tom Hanks is really good. Um, and the, I think the film is good, but this it's is. Okay. But we're talking. I know. Pulp Fiction. So Pulp Fiction. So the other movies nominated were Four Weddings and a Funeral, which is actually I like that film, but uh, it's not. This should not. That should not be nominated. Uh, Quiz Show, which actually is pretty good. That's a good film. Um, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And Shawshank Redemption. Right. So and those are the two. Shawshank and right. and or should be in the discussion for me. But and I love I love Shawshank Redemption. So what do you like better? This one's better. This is a better film. Yeah, this that would be number three for me in our in our list. When we get to it, that'll be up. Uh, yep, you know, we'll 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 get yeah, out there now. So now, but that, that'll be after Road to Perdition for me. I I this would not be so Shawshank could be ahead of Road to me. Okay, the older I get, the more I like Shawshank. That's a it's a great film. Like I mean, I've always loved it, but like the older I get, the more I I love it. The only the funny the strengths that Pulp Fiction have are the the exact opposite. So like yes. Shawshank is a better directed movie than this. Shawshank has amazing visuals. It's, yeah. Think about it. It's all taking place in this some shitty prison and yet every scene looks different. The scene, you know, Tim Robbins coming out of the sewer 
the rain. Oh, I know. Like, I there's know. so many visual things. Even like little things like Brooks was here. Just like being, the way it was shot was, was beautiful. The screenplay can at times be a bit corny and a bit cliche. Can be. Where Pulp Fiction, at times directing can be a tiny bit sloppy. It, yep. it, it can be. The, the frames don't quite work. But the screenplay is just phenomenal. It, I mean, it just blows you off, off the screen. Actually, the acting. I love Tim Robbins in that film, and I think Morgan Freeman, that's probably the best Morgan Freeman, too, for me. But they're still not as good as the actors in Pulp Fiction, to me. The supporting cast, I completely agree with. Yeah. The leads? You might be right. Samuel L. Jackson. And, I mean, I guess, so I guess you would say Samuel L. Jackson's better than Morgan Freeman. He yeah, is. Yeah, right. So you kind of have that debate. Um, yeah, but it's, so let's go into the actor debate then. Yeah, okay. So there were five nominees for best actor. Tom Hanks won, of course. It was the second one in a row for Forrest Gump. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Freeman nominated for best actor. Right. Nigel Hawthorne for The Badness of King George. Don't know it. Paul Newman for Nobody's Fool, which is a very good movie, and he's quite good in it. Don't know it. Uh, doesn't deserve to be in the conversation with some, but he's quite good in it. Yeah. Uh, and John Travolta, Pulp Fiction. So it basically, <sighs> it's Travolta versus Freeman, if you want to have that argument. I think... Mm, or you can include Hanks if you want, if you want to do. But. I, I just think... So I, I do not normally like um, Travolta at all. I don't, think he's, I don't think he's good in I, anything. I agree. Um, ever. Like, I think he, he's I, just a terrible actor. I agree. I think he is... So awesome in this film. So goodness. Yeah, and, and it's it's like his his only like peak, you know, whatever. Um, I think he's better than. So wait, Morgan Freeman, not to, not Robbins. Robbins wasn't the actor. Robbins that, didn't get a nomination. That doesn't make sense. Morgan Freeman should be um, right. Should be. So Robbins did not get. So that keep, doesn't make sense. Keep in mind too, just for our younger listeners. Yeah. Uh, Shawshank was like the fifth person invited to dance here. So those four movies: Quiz Show, Forrest Gump, yep. Pulp Fiction. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, oh, Four Wings and a Funeral, even. Right. Uh, Four Wings and a Funeral was the fourth one invited to dance. Yeah. Shawshank was a distant fifth. Shawshank got a lot of nominations, but it had no, like, no one ever considered it to be a contender. There was no buzz. There was no buzz. It? Zero buzz. It was I like, mean, I remember I actually saw that in the theater and then I saw it after. You're the only one. Yeah, I love that. You film. know, I, I say it like, somewhat facetiously. They about showed it. that to me in school, in high school, they showed it, even with all the swears and shit. I watched that in, in my English class. Shawshank Redemption? Yeah, I did. In my what? modern English class. Yeah, we watched wow. it. I, yeah. read the, I, read, I read the book. I read this, the book. Yeah, we'll talk Shawshank hopefully more when we hit Shawshank. Hopefully, but, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so, you know, we're talking about, you know, a movie. So no one ever considered, I remember at the time, uh, it was Hanks versus Travolta for best actor. Um, and some people thought Travolta might win. He, Hanks, I think, was the favorite, but Travolta was certainly a, a yeah. someone. If I, if I'm going by memory here a bit, but, but Travolta was certainly in that, in that argument pretty heavily. Uh, to me, Travolta is better than, than probably all of them here. I mean, Red I is such so. a great character, but Travolta is so phenomenal. Yeah. Um, best supporting actor. So Martin Landau won for Edward. Martin Landau is really good in that movie. I don't remember. Um, he plays Bela Lugosi. It's, it's just oh, okay. great. He's failed actor. He's really good. Yeah. Uh, Samuel Jackson was nominated for Pulp Fiction. Should have won. Chaz Palminteri for Bullets Over Broadway, <laughs> which is a corny role. Chaz no. Palminteri, very good in a Bronx he, Tale. Yeah. But he's just, a good actor. Bullets Over Broadway is a very corny movie. Uh, Paul Schofield for Quiz Show. Don't remember. Uh, he's, he's good. Uh, and Gary sees for Forrest Gump. Yeah, and Gary's well, I good. I think he's good. great. But uh, the, Samuel L. Jack, this is like, this is one of the best performances ever to me. He's phenomenal in this It's film. funny. You have two iconic characters. So Lieutenant Dan is Lieutenant an iconic Dan, ca- character. Right. And uh, Jules, uh, Jules. Is, is an iconic character. Uh, Bela Lugosi, Martin Lando, really was a, a fantastic role. It just doesn't quite measure up maybe to those two. Um He's very good in that movie, though. Yeah, that's a that's that's an easier one for me to swallow than say the best picture one. 
So then Best Supporting Actress is where I, I have a tough time swallowing this. Mm. So Diane Weiss won for Bolts or Broadway. Bolts or Broadway, by the way, was um, uh, Woody, Ar- yeah, Woody, Woody Allen, Allen farce right. uh, about like Broadway in, in like uh, the I 20s, 30s, it. 40s, I think. Yeah. Diane Weiss is, is, so, is, so, is so over the top broad yeah. acting. Who I don't mind her sometimes. Shana Gio, she plays very quiet. This is very loud and brassy. It's very obnoxious. Mm. Uh, Rosemary Harris for Tom and Viv. I do not remember that at all. I'm no sorry. idea. Helen Mirren for Madness King George. I did not see that. Uh, Jennifer Tilly for Bullets Over Broadway. She plays kind of a, a dumb, bubbly person. She's better than Diane Weiss in that movie. And then Uma Thurman for Pulp Fiction. I mean, Uma should win yeah. the, that, that yeah. award. I mean, uh, another, She's great. Another uh, um, iconic character. You oh, know? totally. I mean, this, this movie, like you said, did get the one win. So we can talk about that. Because it, it is... It's a shame it only walked away with one. I mean, we both, I think, agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it should have won director and, and... I don't know if it should have... So I know, because of Shawshank. I do love Shawshank a lot. Yeah, I still I, think. I guess I... I, I just for, for the measure it's had... For the impact it's had in Hollywood and for the greatness of the film, if, if I had to fill out a ballot today and put a gun on my head, I would choose Pulp Fiction. Yeah. But it's tough. Um, so here's the... Pulp Fiction won for screenwriting. And was Tarantino and Roger Avery? But, uh, however... Do you know that, um, I didn't know this, but for the film, um, Quentin Tarantino negotiated Avery to take a story credit as right. opposed to a co-writing credit. Correct. Which seems, so it could be directed and written, written by. Written and directed which is by. Which kind of, that feels a little shitty. It does, but it also goes to maybe, I mean, look, Roger Avery, not a great career. Yeah. After this. You know, he directed Killing Zoe before this, which, oh, is, that's a, which right. is a lousy movie. Yeah. Uh, and then he, uh, he does this. He does. I know you like the movie. Uh, was it the uh, Rules of Attraction? Yeah, which is kind of a cult favorite now. It's a it's good okay. film. It's, it's a rough. I film. think it was like underappreciated when it came out. I guess like overappreciated now. Yeah. And then he, you know, he's done some other things. I, I he his career is, and he, of course he murdered somebody drunk driving too. So well, there's that. Not great. Yeah. But even before that happened, he, not like this guy had a you know bang career like a Tarantino. Like no, was, no. Know, what did he do? He did something. He wrote something before. Oh, uh, he was writing something for was it Res Dogs that never happened? No, um, I can't remember. He was writing scenes for Res Dogs or something that didn't play. I yeah, can't I mean, they worked together for the you know. But I mean, you know, you wonder the reason I bring oh, that up is no, it was True Romance. Avery Avery wrote was helped write that. Sure, I, believe, I mean they, right? they worked on stuff. Tarantino yeah, okay. get the credit, but sure. Um, but you know, you wonder take Tarantino away from Roger Avery, and he's not that great. And, and you're like, all right, well, how much impact did he actually have? That's on true. This? Yeah, good point. Um, maybe yeah. it makes more but sense. But then again, maybe he was a driving force. I don't know. But, you know, Tarantino's made now seven other films without him, and most of them are pretty <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> right. Roger Avery's made junk since then. So that's true. Um, but okay. regardless, he has an Oscar. And, and he won over Woody, Ar- Woody Allen for Bulls Over Broadway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 40s and Peter Over Richard Curse. Uh, Heavenly Creatures, written by Peter Jackson. Uh, and his wife, Frances Walsh, who, of course, later went on and did uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Red, which is a Russian movie about, I think, a violin. Yeah. Um, so, Pope, that was for, I'm sorry, that was for the original screenplay. Right. And the reason it, it took, so you're like, well, Forrest Gump, remember, had already been, was already a book. So, he adapted uh, that. Oh, yeah, And yeah, Forrest Gump yeah. won for best adapted screenplay. That's right. Uh, and that's also where... It's probably good that they weren't in the same category. Exactly, that's the only probably, reason I won. Yeah, probably. And also, you know, didn't have to worry about going up, up against Quiz Show. Yeah. It didn't have to worry about Shawshank. Shawshank. Is, yep. Uh, or even like Madness King George or even Nobody's Fool. Mm. It was able to kind of... And, and that way, too, I think the Oscars felt like, all right, we can give it something. We'll give it that. Um, it which a lot of times, if you go through the history of Oscars, that screenplay award is kind of like the, uh, the, the backup prize, if you will. I see. For great films. Um, so they're like, this is a new director. We're not quite sure. Whatever. This is exactly. Like, we can't quite, but we'll give them the screen. I've heard it referred to as the cool kid prize. Yeah. Um, you know, if you are maybe, you know, kind of this new hip, 
person onto the screen or onto the screen. Ha ha, I guess pun, but you get you get that. How much like um, you do you want to do more Oscar talk or can That's we? That's it. Go? I'm good. How, so how much like how much do you get credit do you give the AFI for their list? Uh, no, uh, so not much. So because uh, I think it, I think it's a good like litmus te- litmus litmus test for. You know, thinking about 10 years ago or 20 years right. ago or whatever, 30 years so ago. So a few things to AFI. So I have a little bit of history, personal history of that. Okay, yeah. Too. So the AFI, just so you know, that's, that's a, AFI, American Film Institute, puts out its top 100 movies. They did right. it in 2000 and they re, re around 2010? I think so. Uh, they do it, yeah. Was it they might have even done it again in 2020. They didn't. So they haven't they done didn't. it since. Oh, okay. And I emailed them about it. Oh. A couple of years ago. And maybe it's not every 10 years. Maybe it was every eight years. That's what it was. Something like yeah. that. And it was like, it was supposed to come out in like 2017 and it hadn't. So I'm like, hey, do you guys have one coming out? And they're like, yes, we do. We'll have it out shortly. And it never came out. Oh. Which is odd. Go to their website because I think it said something. I looked at it quickly. Oh, so good. I think it said something. Maybe maybe it did, they just did it again. So they, I don't think so. I think we would have okay. we heard it. They All haven't right. put out anyone yet. But they've, they've redid it once. They haven't redone it a second time. I see. I'm sure we would have seen that. Um, but what they, they should really redo it over coronavirus. Like it's something to get people talking about movies again. I know. They really should. Something. But they do kind of um, say uh, right up front, hey, we value older movies more than newer ones because they we're do. afraid of putting a newer one up there. And in the moment it's, it's a classic, but then as time goes by, you realize right. maybe it's not. So like, you know, and you know, think about something like Manhattan by Woody Allen, right? Yep. Manhattan is a beautiful yeah, film. He says we talk about all the time. Gordon Willis, or always that time. Have you, you haven't right. seen that? I, uh, I know no. I have, but it was so long yeah. ago. So Gordon know. Willis, did this, it, it, it's maybe, it's one of the most beautiful films ever made. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But it deals with him wanting to fuck a high school, or him <laughs> fucking a high school girl. Right. So it's really weird and disturbing to watch. So, like, in 1979, kind of weird. In 2020, it's like, what really? the fuck is yeah. going on? Yeah, and just like, you know, Birth of a Nation. Yeah. If you if they had done AFI list in 1925, 1935, which about, like, Al Jolson. Uh, right, know, those would have been, jazz singer, you know, top five or something. Those would have been, like, one of the ba- biggest yeah. movies. But, like, you're like, eh, maybe not. Um, you wonder if somebody Gone with the Wind will drop a bit now. Um, but, so they do say that. Having said that, though, it makes the list not really worthwhile because... Pulp Fiction is going to be like 92 or 74. It is. It's 94 right now. Yeah. So it's like, all right, and well, so some of these films, like I get, but they don't like, I understand Citizen Kane changed film, but it's still like, it's still they, the techniques are different now. So you've got thing. Godfather makes sense yeah. above it. Schindler's list though. I mean, wizard of awe. I understand it's the first color for wizard, but still it's not, it's, is that really a better film? That's not like a top five film or top 10 film. Is that really better than Pulp Fiction? Fuck no. So how do you gauge it? So like, yeah, let's say you had one person. I grabbed a 30 year old who had never seen a movies, whatever. I'm like, all right. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna have you watch Pulp Fiction. I'm gonna have you watch Citizen Kane. Which one do you like better? The problem is- And they're all gonna say Pulp Fiction. Yeah, they are. So there is an issue with that because we're used to more modern filmmaking. And even though right. now Pulp Fiction is 25 years old, but it's still like that influenced right. film from that point forward. So and, we're- And that's the A5's argument. It's like, all right, well- I see that. You know, how, you know, how do we judge it? But it's still a better, if it's a, it's still a better film. It's a better movie. I, yeah, I mean, it's an impossible task and it's basically just done to create debate. The only thing yeah. that kind of I'm but a little 94. Bit, the only thing I'm a little sour on isn't so much that Pulp Fiction is 94, which I don't love. I don't I'm love okay it. with that actually. I'm not okay with it. Well, here's why I'm okay with it. Yeah, is that at least it's there. The problem is there are many, many, many films from the last 30 years that aren't even on the list. Yeah, but and the list is there to create debate. So if you have on a movie that no one's heard of from 1918, just as a placeholder. Yeah, that's and shitty. you don't have something that's iconic film or a great film. You know, I don't know if Shawshank's on there. It might be. It is. It's above. That's what I was going to say. So you got Sound of Music. Oh, that doesn't count. So Lord of the Rings is above it. Yeah. To the um, Fellowship of the Ring. Mm. That doesn't make sense. Or Saving Private Ryan is a great film, sure. but it's not. 
you know, it's not it's not the same. Caliber. But if you break the list down by decade, yeah, the most recent ones are are sorely. Uh, they're, they're, they're not on the list I see. comparatively. Yeah. And that's when I had the problem because now we can't have the debate because yeah. the list isn't, isn't real. Right. It's, you're taking a movie that, you know, from 1941 that maybe no one's ever heard of, only real film geeks have heard of. Yeah. You know, like bringing a baby. I talk about that a lot in the show. And that is a, uh, it's like a slapstick, um, you know, comedy, yeah. comedy. Romantic comedy, right? Yeah. And it has a, has like a leopard. It's retired. It's, yeah. it's it, yes. It's an historic movie. It's like one of the first like true romantic comedies, but like, it's not, it's like not it's not good like I mean, yeah i mean we can pretend it is but it's not like i wouldn't I, I would never want to watch that again i had a i just have a tough time with it because i i just think i just think it trumps a lot of these films i mean it, i could understand if it were i don't know top 50 i could get i could sort of get behind it but i, I was looking at a bunch of these uh, forrest gump's above it you know raiders of the lost ark is above it and i love you know those those are great films but this isn't it's not fucking pulp fiction and the other thing too is people who are voting this, you know, usually older people. I, I don't even, yeah. even even people in their seventies or sixties now might not quote unquote get pulp fiction. Yeah. Like if you're under the age of sixty, you probably love it. If you're sixty plus, I suppose. It means you were like what, 35, well, 45, at, no. at forty when it came out. I have to think that m- me as a forty year old person. Maybe you, but film. you don't have kids. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like uh, you know, that's just how it works. I mean, there's a lot of things too. We 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 might say, Oh yeah, we would have loved it. Me and you watch fucking YouTube videos. What the fuck's going on? We watch like TikTok yeah, and stuff. True. I don't know what the fuck's happening. Yeah, you're right. You no, know, and you know that's just that's just how it goes. But yeah, uh, the list needs work. But the list does create discussion. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um. I guess anything else on the film? I mean, so where does this rank for, among my Tarantino movies? This would. This is a. Uh, I hate to do a three way tie. It's just so cheating, but it's really between Hollywood. Jackie Brown and this for me. Yeah. And I, I, I just think Hollywood is a, is a better movie. Interesting. All in all, but no movie will. And I, cause I'm but the old. script isn't, I can, oh, the script isn't as good. No, yeah. this is the best script ever. Yeah. This, this is, is the best script ever. Yeah. Ever. Ever. That's, that's probably right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no script better than this. This is better than Godfather. Yeah. This is the best script ever. Um, but there are, you know, there's, yeah, yeah, I think, Hollywood is a perfect movie to me. When I say perfect, I mean not, even, not even flawless. I mean perfect. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, it goes even beyond that. Yeah. that level step. I can see. And it. then Jackie Brown, uh, the characters. There's a warmth in Jackie Brown that does suck me in more than this does. I'm really, I'm really nitpicking here. Uh, <laughs> but like that Max Cherry character, like I think about Max Cherry like like every day. So if we get, yeah, like that was the boyfriend. Dick, he was the cop who. He's uh, the bail helped- bondsman. Oh, right. Who uh, helped out Pam Greer, right? Yes. Okay. Um, But if we get to Jackie Brown, you're going to put that above this film on like this. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's like, honestly, it's like a parent picking between kids. It's really, it's really challenging. I can definitely say those three are are my three favorite. Yeah. And then there's a tier beneath that. Yeah. And that tier has Django and Inglorious Bastards and Reservoir Dogs to me. And there's a tier beneath that that has like Kill Bill. And then there's a big drop off and we have like Hateful Eight and House. that's for me that's that's the tree right so you know it's first tier or second tier for me because uh, it's so hard for me to pick a favorite because i just it i just love these things so much i get it the, the, these they, things they, these things mean different. so much to me quentin tarantino is just i just he's so he's i care i love tarantino movies like i love sopranos like that to me is like artwork oh it's anytime there's a tarantino artwork, movie yeah. that comes out in the theater i i was i was very lucky to see hateful eight i saw it in new york uh before it came out yeah. on, um, I, had, I got like a ticket to a special release. I got to go and sneak into that. 
that was awesome. And then I got, uh, you know, just like everybody else, I'm sure, but like the Thursday night that Hollywood came out, I was in Hampshire, I went and saw it, you know, the day before. I just don't want any spoilers. I clear off everything in my calendar. I look forward to it for the second the trailer hits. I just, I love movies because of Tarantino. Yeah. All right. Maybe that's a good way, good place to end. Definitely number one for me. This is a great film. Me too. Love number one, it's going to be hard to knock off. It really is. We may go years. I will say a quick sneak here. Uh-oh. So we are going to pick, so for our birthday weeks, we get to pick the week. Oh, I forgot this. Our rules change all the time, so you'll just no, have we, to remind we, me. We consistent with that. <laughs> it didn't change. We never said that wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, wait, so wait. Uh, what are we going to do? Pick our favorite? We get to pick our week. Oh, pick our week. So for, That'll be good. For Matt's birthday, when Matt's birthday comes, which is yep, September, September yep. you can pick whatever week your birthday, you know, you can pick that week. So you can pick whatever week you want. I'm gonna. And I'm, in November, I get, so I'll be able to pick whatever movie I want to cover. So that might knock Pulp Fiction off potentially if I, I, can see if I choose something like that. But that's the only, you know, other than that, or just simply lucky to draw, it's going to be very, and there's no way Pulp Fiction is ever going to fall in my top five. This will be my top five until we're finished doing this. Yeah, show. I can't imagine that that's I do not like possible. four movies in my lifetime more than this. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, okay. Phenomenal. Um, so let's move on to, let's move on to music. Weezer. Weezer. Um, so I have a very, con- we've talked about this, I think a little bit, but we I went, co- I'm sorry. We went 48 minutes on Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, okay. I mean, I think that that's actually kind of light. You might be right. For, for it's it's be a long, 50 is definitely kind of, it's like a uh, mega episode. It is mega, I mean, it's our 50th. It's, right. We're, it's celebratory. I agree. Kind of. I mean, we, it's a fucking Pulp Fiction. I, I know. And, and Weezer too. And Weezer too. So, well, I was going to say, so I have a complicated relationship with Weezer. I, um, a lot of people, I remember when this album came out. So, uh, this is, um, this is undone and it's off of their the sweater da- song, the sweater song. Right. Yeah. in kind of quotes, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Undone slash or, uh, parentheses or maybe is it parentheses song. or yep. dash, whatever. Yeah. The sweater song. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the image, the imagery of this song, by Me the too. way, like the idea of like, you know, I'm already leaving. Like you're already getting what you want. I'm leaving. But if you want to like destroy me, just hold on to the string and I'll fucking unravel right in front of you. I mean, I love that imagery. It's really great. But this album did not mean a lot to me when it came out. This is their debut. The blue album. The blue called. out. Yeah. It's called Weezer. Yeah. Cause right, they, they it's known in the, circle, the blue. Yeah, album. Yeah. Right. That's right. Um, and mostly because I think the first song that introduced me to Weezer was the buddy Holly song, sure. which I despise. I don't mind that song. I fucking despise it. I just hate the, I hate it's, I yeah, hate the I conceit. Right. But I always really loved this song. Um, a few of the a few of the songs on this album I really loved. I, I think this is a great song, and um, "Say It Ain't So" is a great song. Really, so those are the three. And Jonas is an, another great song sure. on this album, to the first one. But those are, but yeah, but those, those are, three are the three big hits they had. They the are, and yeah. I was just introduced to um, Buddy Holly first. Well, that was on MTV all the time. All that the video time. was always playing. I know, and I didn't like that either. It just seemed to, I everything like the was video. so it fake. It was fun. It was very, yeah, it does not feel authentic. And I know, and I know they're doing that on purpose. Right. And that's, a, I think, a Spike Jones um, directed one as well. He directed, he directed the, this, the, this I don't one. like this video. I actually really love this video. Yeah. It's a, it's a one which is cool. It's a one shot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, so they enter like a kind of the camera, it's black and white. The camera yeah. enters sort of a stage and, and flips, flips around yeah. and you see the band on stage, Weezer on stage. And then it, it, as they start playing, it goes to full color. And you see, it's all like blue, and I, I think it's a really cool, really cool. At the end, dogs run in. Yeah, for unexplained is, reason. That is kind of that is that's probably the weird part of it. But there's yeah, the like drummer a pack noise of drugs. in the video too. He just runs around the drum kit playing at the end. It's just, he, for some reason, it's does just he really do aggravating. Yes, it's very annoying. He's also very disaffected. Okay, part of it is, do you know how they they film this thing? 
they filmed uh, filmed them playing um, too fast, like faster, sped, sped, that sped up, sense. and then it um, feels like it's slow. Yes, it, and then yeah. right they, to get the slow mo feel, they dialed right, they dialed it back down. Um, Are you? A, I love Spec Jones. I think he's genius. He does some cool stuff. Yeah. yeah, and I really so I really like this. I thought that was a very smart yeah. idea. It's cool. It's not. I shouldn't say I don't like. It. That's not true. I don't love it. I guess is a better way to say it. But that's that's not fair. I'm kind of holding it to high expectations to Spike Jones. I can understand that. Yeah, uh, I think he did both. I think he did both. Of I these. think you're right, and I, I like Buddy Holly video. I, I, but I also understand yeah. how someone would. Yeah, that's, that's a fair. It's Kendall weird plastic. I, and I, I this song is that yeah, too. We'll get your, I'll get my Weezer later too. So yeah. Well, but anyway, so I've never liked them until. Um, the great warden of the north said, uh, we sort oh, of recently, well, yeah, we trade like we trade back albums. Pinkerton. No, we trade back and forth albums. Yeah. And he said, you need to check out the white album. And I'm obsessed with that album. Oh, okay. I fucking love that album so much. There's nothing, there's no bad song on that fucking album. I, the white album. Yep. I don't know if it's uh, 2016 oh. and it is phenomenal. Really? I, it is probably, I would say it's easy. Top 50 albums for me might even be top 25 right now. Ooh. I listen to that album over and over. Okay. I think because of that now I have a better perspective on Weezer. Okay. So going back and listening to this blue album again, I'm more settled with it. There's a lot more that I really like about it. And even so Pinkerton was the follow-up album after this. He, this is a weird story. So the um, really weird. rivers, uh, Cuomo. Cuomo, the, you know, the lead singer, the songwriter for this album, he kind of, he's just sort of, ha- it seems like he's, he's really, he has trouble with fame. This album blew up. He took a little bit of time off and then did Pinkerton, which bomb. He's a very smart guy too. Seems like a very smart yeah. guy. And he's a really good songwriter. Actually. Like I give him a lot of credit now. Um, but yeah, Pinkerton bomb. It bombed, but it, but it's actually it's not a bad album. Well, it's gotten well. The, the whole thing with Pinkerton was it came out. It got savaged by critics, completely savaged, savaged by by the audience, and now it's re, it's renowned. It's you know Rolling Stone. Every everyone agrees it's their best. Out, you know, critically, they say it's their best. I don't album. think it's their best. But well, that's the, fine. It's just but not like, my style. But right. but I can understand. I can understand at the time you were looking for a popular, like a a very. Um, sort of brutal poppier album, like a, a sloppy pop album. And you didn't get that as it's much. the same with, thing happened to Beast Pinkerton. Like Rise so? and Phil, and then Paul's Boutique was savage. Oh, and really? Oh, I don't that, remember being savage because I love Paul's Boutique. Oh, I love License to Ill too. Oh, I do too. I love yeah. both, but Paul's Boutique is their best work. Yeah, it's and great. And just like Pinkerton, in my I guess opinion, I don't remember. It's probably Weezer's best work. And I haven't, although I haven't listened to White Album, so I'm not going to. Oh, God. Um, it's so good. But I think Beastie Boys, by the way, is my, my favorite. Like, yeah. is the Quentin Tarantino bands. Weezer yeah, yeah. is okay to me, so I'm not comparing the two. I'm yeah. just comparing the storyline. Sure. Well, you're right. Audiences expected this thing, they didn't got something else. Yeah. And actually, both things, the both second albums had too much edge. It that's really why the audience did. has rejected them. Yeah, and and then River sort of it 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 hurt him. So he just kind of went away. I think he maybe at that time he enrolled in Harvard for a he little did. while. Yeah, he was really burnt. He was really burnt out about it. So, um, but they've still done like fifteen albums. Well, like, they, so, they are much more prolific. Pre- yeah, now. Yeah, like the last it, like ten years. Yeah, that's what it seems like. So, and I think because I think between Pinkerton and the next one, there might have I could be quoting this. Now in Detroit, I think that was I think it's O two. It might came out when yeah, I it might have been like six six years yeah. later, which is a crazy amount of time. Because I had band. that album, and I played it a lot. Yeah, like that was played a lot when I was in college, and then when I was in Florida, I played that a lot. That, 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 that's a crazy amount of time for for a band to go on hiatus and it to is. still like do stuff later on. Right. Um, but I'm glad they did because it got them to the white album, and I will continue. I'll now, listen to that. Sh- I, Warden's great. Warden is a great musician. Yeah, he and, is. Um, I really he's got good taste. He's yeah. got great taste in music. Like, we've talked before, like, and just different music, like things that he's brought my attention to. Oh yeah, and I almost always loved him. Yeah, and this this is a re- this was a good 
a good pick for him. Yeah. And it, it worked. It definitely worked for me. So like I said, and I think it, it helped me understand them a little bit more. Okay. So I, part of, part of it too is I've always had kind of a thing against sloppy musicians, you know, cause I, when I hear it at first and these guys are really sloppy, like their guitars, their guitars are really sloppy okay. and Radiohead's really sloppy too. If you listen to, you know, you, okay. Computer and before, like just the, it's just the distortion is not, it's why it's a little bit wilder, and, um, you know, not everything's in time. It's a little, it's got a little bit janky time wise. And, and so, and I listen to it and I just, just me as like a musician, I, I have a little bit of a, um, I have a blind spot with that when I hear it, but going back now, I can understand the appeal of it too. It's sort of the, um, the carefreeness of playing a little bit loose like that, uh, that really speaks to me now. So, Okay. So maybe let's, that's the big Weezer preface, I guess. Okay. Uh, did you want to talk about, because I do want to talk about the song construction and why, like what parts yeah, of this I really I like. But do you Weezer wanna, for a little bit. You, you do Weezer, that. Yeah. So I, ugh, so I like Weezer. I don't love them. And I think the issue is I don't like geek things. Yeah. So here's what I mean by that. So like, you know, there's a, there, when you, when you do geek things, what I mean by geek things, I mean like, um, geek humor, uh, geek writing, there's usually an extra layer that's added. So for instance, if you ever talk to like nerd humor, they'll do a lot of movie quotes, right? They'll like to start quoting movies and that's right. them, that to them is humor. But you're, you're adding an extra layer. It's not authentic. So you're not getting the real person. You're getting this movie person who then you have to go this past. This affected person. Yeah. So you almost have to go past that to get to the person. It's like an extra layer. Yeah. Uh, it's and, this false front. Yeah. And it also creates a, a, a disconnect between the audience and whether it be your humor or your songwriting or whatever, or even your musical notes. Yep. It's all done through a prism now because it's under the prism of being this thing, being this geek. I don't like nerds. I don't like geeks. I know I sound like a 1980s uh, <laughs> like villain in a movie, but I don't like that kind of, you know, I don't like Big Bang Theory humor. That's not funny to me. That. You know, I don't mean like the corny CBS, but I just mean like that nerdy, like when people did Austin Power quotes or any movie, anyone who re- relies on those things, it's very boring to me were you considered that as a kid no like you didn't have glasses or no you know, i wasn't i'm skinny or whatever. Yeah. but i played sports and yeah uh, okay. i hung out with you know those guys no i never and i will say too before you know i also went to school in the 90s so like nerd culture wasn't really a thing yet nerd culture not. is a thing in the last like 15 years yeah um i feel that it's kind of yeah, it's more millennial sprouted uh, out yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, and it's kind of like this fun nerd culture, but like, it's not fun to me. It's very, it's not, you just, it's parroting. It's parroting yeah. jokes. It's parroting. And this to me feels like, you know, this came out in the late nineties. This feels like they're putting out a front. Like, I don't feel like this is really them. And one of my favorite Weezer albums is the one that came out a couple years ago. It's the one of them doing covers. And it's all 1980s covers. Not a big fan of that album, but I, but I like I it a lot. That. Yeah, and it's, I think the reason I like it is because I think Weezer sounds like I like I enjoy the music they make. Yeah, but because they're doing covers now, like they've removed the level of it, the personality to it. Like, all right, well, now we're just gonna basically embrace this geekdom, right? And do geeky songs or whatever, and and then there's no front. Like we basically we've taken off our mask, and that to me bizarrely in a way. Cover songs by Weezer feel more authentic than yeah. the real music they make, um, and that—that's my biggest problem with Weezer is that they're big into like nerd. They feel like they're trying to be this nerd culture. And I think the reason I like Pinkerton so much is I feel that's the one time they kind of like you know what, like fuck it, like here's who we are. Like it's you know yeah, 
I, I just don't I don't like any of that. I don't even like Geek Squad for Best Buy. Like, I don't like any of that stuff. Like it's just all just annoying to me. Yeah. And so yeah, well, and I just like but like I said, you know, whether it's making, you know, I don't know. It, it, to me it's just the phoniness of all of it. The front of all of it. I can see that. It doesn't feel real. I don't I don't really feel like Rivers Cuomo is ever real. I think he's putting on masks. You think so? You don't think he's actually a square? I think mean, maybe he is, but I don't feel like we're getting the real him. And like even his other songs, like was it the Beverly Hills song? Yeah, I hate that song. It's There's all, a few of the poppy ones that are terrible. That's a terrible it one. It gets really cartoonish and yeah. really like leaning into this. Like, they almost sound like the offspring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who are, like, That's a terrible song. And like, and, and they're really just leaning into this, like, you know, pretty fly for a white guy type music. Yes. Yeah. That and didn't help like, their cause with me. That song did not help no, their cause. And like a lot of that, so, you know, like I said, I listen to Maladroit a lot. It was just happening to be a CD I had in this like jukebox that I had at my house, like this yep. like 50 CD changer in my house. And I, have, I just lived there for a long time, but I never really liked the album. Yeah, like I had it in there for whatever, for whatever reason forever, and uh, the music just sounds. I listened to it again today. I was like, man, this just sounds so forced. Like they're trying so hard. Like just be yourself. Yeah. Do you think they were more carefree on this album though? More like more uh, more, more than oh, more than like the Maladroit, more than that other the yeah. Hills album for sure, but not as much as Pinkerton. And I don't. I I still feel like they're putting on a front. I wonder if you won't feel that way at all with the White Album. I, I feel it's out. like peak songwriting for them. I would, the songwriting I would totally is check it out. fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I love, yeah. That's my knockout. Have you said it though? I do like this song a lot and this might make my top five. This, won't this is make my, my favorite t- song on my, off this album. Uh, my favorite is uh, Say It Ain't So, but I do like this That's one. That's my co- very close second. Yeah. So uh, those two could almost flip. This won't hit my top five, but, um, but I do really like this film. Uh, film. I really do like this song. Yeah. Um, so I do want to talk a little bit around, about some of the reasons why. So first of all, I just think it... <sighs> You know, there's a there's an experience that you have with music in general. It puts you in a place, and this does it for me, and it's surprising that it puts me in this place, even though it's constructed the way it is. And I love those surprises. Um, and what I mean by that is, so I'm going to, like, I've got my guitar. I'm going to play a few things. But I, I a lot of times, rail on um, very simple song construction. And this is very simple song construction. The most basic chord structure in rock and roll is the blues progression of one, four, five. We've talked about that before, but if that's the one chord, four chord, five chord, that's every who song, teenage wasteland. Like it's, it's everything, you know, it's a very standard progression. And, and it bothers me a lot when I just hear that. This is the standard. Um, it is that progression, except there's a little difference here. There's a little difference. And what that difference is, is he's playing between the minor and the major of this key. Um, I've also said this on the podcast before, but there is one, the third of the chord is what defines whether it's major or minor, happy or sad. That's a G minor, so that's sad. You just change one note, one half step, and it makes it major, happy. And he is playing between the minor of that and the major. He is doing both of those notes. He's going. He's saying, and that's the, that's the vocal part too. Ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. Ba-da, ba-da. He's singing the minor to the major of that of that key, and you never do that. So you basically you never. He's going like happy sad, happy sad, happy yes. sad. Yes, you never do that ever. Um, and that's that's it's like it's such a slap in the face 
to not define the key. Like no, well, you, you say, you say you never do that. Why? I don't understand. Like, why? Because you- it's because you're not defined. Because you. So the whole point of that third is to define the key you're in. It gives you the the prism with which you're going to look through this the to see the song to understand the key of the song. It's like, oh, this is home to me. But he doesn't want to give you home. He slaps you in the face with it. And the rest of the song, so when you when you go into the chorus, it does sound like home. It sounds like major again. If you want to destroy my sweater. He's not playing between that minor and major anymore. It's not there anymore. So um, so he does give you home in the chorus. But during the verse, it's just so unsteady and weird. It is. Yeah. And I, and, and I can really appreciate that. Uh, I know I talk about Radiohead all the time. But there's, there's a song off uh, OK Computer called Climbing Up the Walls. It's a song in minor. It's a really creepy song. And what they do is that is he there's this high high note that happens and it's the actual it's the major third above there and it's so creepy because the whole song's in minor so it's it's that pull away from your home that kills you and I love it I love that he does it in the song it's it's crazy it is it is uh it is slightly unsettling it's certainly unique very unique and it, it does it does like and honestly even since then twenty five years later yeah I hear those notes and I and you know it's this song. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's, it's like not even a know. question. It's like, it's like, it's like stamped. Yeah. 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 Um, I did want to also like point to another part of this here. There's this cool thing. So he also, they also do this weird thing with phrasing. Usually when you're a drummer, um, yeah, you're keeping time. You're keeping the beat of the song, right? Um, make, you know, keeping movement happening in the song, but you are also signaling when things are about to change. So you do things like drum fills, right? You might go, and it sort of signals that you're going to move on to a different section. The drummer on it, I think it's Patrick Wilson, does not do that. He signals after the change has already happened. And that's unsettling too. Here, I want to play it. You do it here, but he doesn't. He does it here. That's where he does the fill. And then he does it again at the end of this phrase. You'll hear it again. You do it here. Doesn't. And there's another spot too. Hold on one second. You do it here. Doesn't. Does it there. He does it one measure late every time. It's so unsettling because you're trying, like he's basically signaling. It it sounds to me like it's an elongated phrase. Like they put an extra measure in because he's not doing the fill to change to the next seen yet hmm. so the whole thing is herky-jerky like that i really love that part of the the song construction um i think that's pretty much i think that's pretty much good song yeah good it's song. a good song um talked about the video i'm gonna tweet that out too because a really great one uh did you there's a pair so when they did that cover album that you're talking about, mm. they did Africa by Toto. Yes, it was one of my favorite songs. I hate the way they covered it, but that doesn't matter. I don't mind the cover, but it, it, once again, it goes back to that nerd culture. Yeah. It's a very, that's become like a, a hip fake song to like in a way. Yeah. But I, but I like the song naturally. I so. love that. Yeah. Yeah. Toto is one of my favorites too. I love Toto. But, uh, but th- they parody um, this song. Oh. For for the Africa video, and it's oh, Weird right. Al do, doing Rivers Cuomo, and it's the same shot. It's 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 an interesting thing. Mm. I'm going to tweet that out too. Okay. Uh, and I think that's it. I like the song. Yes. All right. Personal story. Where were you? Wow. Okay. So I'll make this quick because you know we've been an hour in or whatever. But this is my junior year in high school. So I had just gotten my right. license in, at the end of September 29th. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and immediately like bought a car within the next couple of weeks for like 350 bucks. It was a Dodge Colt. <laughs> you remember what year? Uh, 86 Dodge Colt. Nice. Oh, it's wow. this little like gold bean is what it looked like. It we, was had, really... we had the 86 market corner. Then I had 86 <laughs> Plymouth Sunday. It's my first. Car. Is that what you had? Yeah. Um, I also had a Chevy Nova after that, which is a very similar call and a Dodge Omni, which is a very silver, uh, very similar car. Um, but yeah, it was like 350 bucks. Yep. Um, just a simple little thing, you know, no power, anything whatsoever, well, yeah, it's a, whatever, right. but it's so simple and easy to drive, not easy, uh, easy to take care of. Um, but yeah, so this is like where you, you know, like, well, as soon as you get your license and you buy your car, it's like your freedom happens. Everything changes, especially in New Hampshire, like a more rural area in New Hampshire, everything, everything changes. Yeah. All, and I was in high school. Most of my friends at that time. Um, so we were, I was living in Hooksit, but it was a feeder school to Manchester central, which is a big school we've talked about. Most of my friends at that point were men like Manchester folks. So now it gave me access to go and see them and sure. do cool things like drive to the movies right? right and uh, see Pulp Fiction twice. Um, but the other thing that happened too, was as my, a junior year, most of my friends were also, were also older. They were a year older than me. In fact, the people that I still keep in touch with in, you know, from high school, there are very few of them were all older than me by a year. And, um, that's yeah, cool. Grade or just age by grade, by right. grade. Okay. I mean, more right. than that. Cause I was seven, I'm right. young, yeah. young right. like you, right. Uh, for, for my grade. So I graduated at 17, but so they were a, a grade older and then also older, and so they were all seniors then. Right. So they kind of like got to run the school. And then I got not really, but like I got more privilege because of that, including my buddy, my buddy, Ben, um, he was like the class president, um, super cool guy. Everybody trusted him. Really nice. Awesome guy. He would like, he got to leave like he could leave the school whenever he wanted. No one would stop him from like leaving and coming back. So if, as long as I was with him, we could go to lunch you know, off campus or like go to his place to like get something or hang out. So I just had like way more privilege. And this mm -hmm. was like, this was when sort of my world's open for me. Yeah. And I also, this was like the first year where I was playing live um, as a musician. And I was in a band with um, Ben and uh, we actually, we had a gig at uh, Green Mountain College um, in, in, which is weird. You're a high school band like playing in. Yeah. But that was like one of my first real shows playing this like, stupid it wasn't it wasn't a good show there wasn't like hardly anybody there but it was still like yeah go to vermont right play a show outside um yeah so this is like huge like you know world expanding time for me where i started to explore the world on my own without my family or parents nice. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's very good yeah i think so um news headlines headlines there's really only two headlines this week because one of them is so huge oh god um so, and we're getting ready to that. November 8th was uh, the midterm election. Oh, yeah. That's right. So, uh, Clinton was in office at this point after two years. And this was kind of like the, uh, the kind of the blowback. Yeah. It, it was kind of a, it was a challenging two years for him. Uh, and so, GOP won control of the Senate. Yep. He had huge gains in the House. Um, so, some interesting footnotes here. Some interesting things that would kind of change. This is actually a pretty big election. Like, you know, midterms always are, I know. But this was one that kind of set the tone for a few things. So, yeah. This was the election when George Bush won as governor of Texas. Oh, shit. It's kind of set him into motion. Yeah. Uh, what a goofball. How did he even get elected to that? Uh, yeah. He <laughs> beat so Ann Richards. is pretty popular, too. I know. Uh, Ted Kennedy beat Romney in the Senate, but that kind of put Romney on the map. So before this election, Mitt Romney wasn't really a thing yet. And then he, he oh. ran against Ted Kennedy. Ted Kennedy beat him pretty handily, but it was closer than people had ever thought of. Right. Kennedy, whatever. Yeah. But people all of a sudden knew who Mitt Romney was. Right. And then uh, George Pataki beat Mario Cuomo as New York governor, and that yeah. ended Cuomo's reign. 
Jared Kennedy, the beginning of George Bush, the beginning of Mitt Romney, but you have the end of Mario Cuomo. Yeah. Uh, and also, this was the election that made Newt Gingrich eventually speak of the House. Yep. You know, he had already obviously a, a senator, but this gave him power. Right. And, um, and then, you know, him. And, and to me, that's the best uh, politics possible was that 94, 96, they got so much accomplished because you had Republicans and Democrats actually working together. Yeah. You know, Clinton, for all of his faults, is a really bright guy. He's Democrat, but he's a really bright guy. And you know, a rapist, Newt, but yes. Yeah. Well, I'm taking all that out of it. Okay. We, just, we can just take for that the out. politics of it. Sure, sure. You know, Newt Gingrich, he has his own fault. Newt Gingrich left his fucking wife who had cancer. He's had like five wives. Yeah, a really shitty guy yeah. too. So you have two shitty guys who are very bright, who have different political ideologies yeah. that work together and got amazing stuff done and they balanced the budget. Like they got, you know, by the time Clinton left office, we had a surplus. Yeah, it's probably the only time it's ever, because now we're at past 20, now 20 trillion. Yeah, 20, but, And now we're trillion. so divisive. Yeah. But Clinton and Gingrich never liked each other. They never pretended to like each other. They're right. both, you know, Clinton's kind of like this charismatic more handsome guy, you mm. know, New Gingrich is like squat fellow uh, who thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, even prior to talking to Clinton. Yeah. But they worked it out and they fucking got some middle ground. And eventually it fell apart and it got ugly and nasty. But at least for a couple of years, it kind of worked. Yeah. That to me is kind of like the dream scenario, but it's ne- it'll never happen again. Um, November 11th. Yeah. Pedro Zamora from Real World dies at 22. That's right, Pedro. Uh, was he Real World 1? I think it was 2, right, Miami? Pedro and Andre and Norman, and I remember the cast. I didn't really watch that season very much. Um, I didn't watch the first two seasons. I, got, got I watched those third. first two. Uh, and it, it's so fucked up. Like, so when he died, he was 22. He was, so he was older than me, so it didn't feel... No. But I'm like, 22. He, got, he tested so positive young. when he was 17. Oh. His whole life was like his whole... And I, I, you know, people talk about Magic Johnson a lot. And absolutely. But like Pedro Zamora is a hero. Like yeah. he went and he had tested positive. Yeah. And he then went on, you know, a show like the real world and the other shows and brought real, that's real weird. That's not a made for after school special bullshit, which we all had to watch. We all right. rolled our eyes on. And Magic it Johnson, wasn't a sex ed class. Magic Johnson has like all the money in the world. Right. So like and it still didn't it feel like, I don't know, it was magic and it was horrible, but it was more like heartbreaking. Yeah. This was someone we had no relationship with. We only knew him as someone who had HIV or AIDS. Right. And yet, We've seen him in the real world situation, so you're seeing him for all of his goods and his bads. Yeah. You know? And he's a real human being. He is. And he's not perfect. He's not a hero like in those after-school specials, and he's not a villain like in the other after-school specials. Right. He was, uh, he's a good person who was flawed like all of us, who had a horrible disease, and made it very real, use a better word, to a lot of people. Like, yeah. It, it's like, oh, fuck, this is something we really should be careful with. And I, I, I wonder how many lives he saved. Probably How a lot. many guys put on some fucking rubber, straight or gay, whatever? Yeah. That fucking was like, you know, I'm going to wrap up because I just fucking watched Real World last night and that's fucked up. Yeah. And, you know, to, to him, you know, there's a lot worse ways to spend your last days than Educating saving, about this terrible helping thing. save a generation sure. of people. So, Pedro Zamora, I, I, you know. He probably did more to get people to understand this people. disease. Young people. Than anybody understand, else. Than, like, the government. I mean, oh, by far. Yeah. I've seen anybody else. Yeah. In that segment of people say, you know, males and because males and females watch it. But it wasn't I know, just, yeah, it wasn't just Mac Johnson, just guys. So you have, you know, from whatever. And, you know, Rock Hudson was too old. Yeah. You know, like he wasn't, yeah, I couldn't relate to him. Right. But, you know, from people between 12 and 25, everyone watched the And it was such world. a stigma, too, until then. Yeah. Like, I feel like that was a big shift right around it that really time. It was a big shift where this, no, this isn't a fucking stigma. This is people like fighting for their lives. 
it's hard to explain to yeah, younger people not, how people viewed AIDS and HIV in the eighties. Like, so gross how they how they fucking viewed it. Like it was so like these are humans that are. And fucking we all, dying. I mean, all, you know, we all did. I mean, yeah. was, you know, we kind of. I was too young to really have. Yeah, real opinions, that wasn't but right. I definitely was like, oh, all right, well, you know, then you're like, oh no, I could get that. You kind of hear that, and then yeah. you watch the period, you're like, oh no, this guy's. Seems okay. Like so much misinformation and oh yeah, and, and, and things got politicized. Totally shocking. politicized. Uh, and uh, people got you know, people were you know, certain segments of the population was framed a certain way. Yeah. And uh, but no, I can you can get you too. Uh, but yeah, Peter is a more like definitely like a un. I think a, a hero that doesn't get a credit. No, kind of forgotten a little bit. But I was like, oh wow, he died twenty two. Like fuck. Yeah. Crazy. Too young. We're back uh, Friday. Friday, we're going to do an uh, interview with the vampire and a uh, song I can't remember. And, uh, Voice to Men or something. Yeah, so we're sticking around in uh, 1994 for another, another day. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll, uh, 50th episode, pretty good. A super size one. I can't believe we got this far. Actually, day one, you wouldn't have thought we got this far. Day one, do you, Let no. me say, wait, wait. Let me, let me, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah, going to frame yeah, this. Yeah, so, uh, Chris and I talked about, I think it was in December when you and I yes. went to the Stone Church and talked about this. Yes, in, in Newmarket, yeah. And, because um, you was born. Right. And you got married. Was it, it, it was in January, January, right? Okay. So we did, we do what the first episode in January before you got married. Yes. Okay. So we decided that we would just do one and see. Right. And then I remember we decided that and then you came back and you're like, Matt, I don't know if I've got any time, you know, for yeah. this. And I was like, all right, well, let's just do this one episode and then, right. you know, go on your honeymoon and whatever. And then, so at that time, did you think that we would get to 50? No, I, I didn't love our first episode. I still don't really love it. Uh, and it's just, that's just us kind of, I will oh, say yeah. some things I, I like, listen back. so one thing I like about the first episode is you kind of hear us figure out the show on the yeah. fly a little bit. And actually it's pretty, it's not that far removed from the show today. Yeah. I don't love our dynamic. Pro- I mean, we, how, we didn't know each other that well. Yeah. And it just, it just doesn't, it didn't feel great. And I had just come off of New Hampshire cast. Yeah. And that is, you know, Ethan and I have known each other for years. Right. And that, and that we were, we, we've done more episodes of that. We've done of this show even still. But you so must've like, gotten kind of excited because after we did that episode, you're like that, that that's not I bad. I thought about it. Mike. I listened to it. I didn't hate as much listening to it as I did feel doing it. Um, oh, I didn't know you were that uncomfortable doing that. Uncomfortable. I'm like, just like I always say, I have this clock in my head of sure. entertainment. Like if I feel it's getting boring, the clock screams at me and I, the clock was screaming a lot in the first episode. I can see it doesn't have the same snappiness as mm. other ones do. No. And it took us a while. I think the first five episodes are a little bit of like summer hit, summer miss. Yeah. Uh, and then around episode 10, it kind of, and then episode like 30, we had a different groove. Totally. Um, and but yeah, it takes that. But yeah, we did the first episode and I was like, eh, I don't know. And then, um, but you seemed excited to come back after that first episode. I did, we did, we, but, but when you were the first one, though, was when you did, you did Kirk show. That's true. I did that. Right. And we got a huge explosion of listeners. We, we did. And I was like, you know what? It's probably worth <laughs> Maybe try. Maybe try it a little Let's bit. Try I don't one. know about this mad guy, but we had, we had a huge, we just had it like, cause we had one in the can Yeah. and you did it. And, um, I think we might even tape the second one before either right before I got married or right we after. We got, we taped the second episode right before I went on that show, actually. Because uh, when they challenged me on it, oh, so I said, before I got married, because they made fun of me of right. it being, you know, being one show. Right. Uh, no, because uh, it was February. No, February. Uh, I was on the show February like fourth or fifth. Oh, so okay. I think we did it that I week. I just got home there for the honeymoon. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, and then we went and did it because I, you knew I was going to be on the show. I think we rushed. We did a second we did. one. We did. I remember, right. Yeah, we went into. Yeah. Because yeah. then, because then they challenged. Oh, pff, one episode. One episode. Right. And I was like, and this is the second one in the can, bitch. This yeah. was my retort, I think. <laughs> And we got, and we, yeah, we had a listenership multiply pretty quick too. Yeah, like, really oh, fast. Fuck, we got to get, got get going. And we, yeah, we went to, the plan was once a week and we bumped it up to twice a week. I kind of wanted to do five days a week, but that quickly became not. Yeah, I was, I would have been into all, that, that too, was, but just with work would have been really, would have been really hard to do. Really I, I don't know. That might be a lot of content. Yeah. So yeah. we, that's like, that's, yeah. So, but the, the, the core of the show has stayed pretty much the same. Like, hey, movies, music, 
headlines, personal stories. Yeah. I think those four things are kind of, we've never once had a debate about that. Nope. Where it's just kind of like, oh, we're pretty comfortable with that. Yeah, I think There's debates about whether we should do more movie stuff or music <laughs> stuff. Uh, is the music getting slighted? We've had that debate a couple times. Sure. But, uh, most, mostly on air. But um, the, but the, the, the four tenets of the show, we kind of agree with. Totally. Yeah, I think it's really worked. And people, people's feedback has said the same thing. Like, well, I really like to hear some of the personal stuff. And I'm, I'm glad because that was one of the, you know, I, I think I've said this multiple times, but that was one of the, re, you know, one of the, the things that was really important to me is that it's a situation. We had a very unique situation where we both like and respect each other, but we don't know each other that well. So right. this would be a good way to like kind of hash that out too on right. air, which was sort of a neat dynamic, I think. But 50 is pretty amazing. I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's they were a, to 100? Oh, easy. Yeah, I don't see, I We're mean. doing two a week now, so it's easier too. But. Yeah, and I just don't see this. Stop. I mean, I have fun. I mean, we like, keep growing. When we keep growing. So yeah. that helps too. I mean, I, I think, you know, two years from when we start, if it's if it kind of plateaus at a certain amount, then maybe we would think about doing something different. But I, I mean, it's a lot of fun And the nice me. thing too is like during coronavirus too is like it's been such a nice distraction. It gives you something to do. Right. And it's just like, it's different. It's like the great thing about the show is like, unlike other shows, we're not relying on content. That's exactly like happening around us. We're not a reaction show. I mean, I guess we are, but we're reaction. We're reacting to weeks that happened a long time ago. Right. So there's always different eras to play off of. Like just the 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 structure of the show allows us to kind of keep going with it, and it never really feels boring. I haven't been bored with it yet. I haven't been bored with it. Yeah. I think if we're stuck, I've had ideas of doing things maybe stuck in one year, things like that. Maybe if you do that, I could see maybe getting a bit tiresome potentially. But right. The fact that we bounce around so much does keep it keeps me invigorated. I do, yeah, because actually, when we do hit the same time period for a few weeks in a row, it, it gets does a little get a tired, little, and then you yeah. know, we move on to another decade, and it's like, okay, this is refreshing again, right? So yeah, I think I think you're right, and particularly, you know, I think we'll also we'll hit a lot of firsts. That's fun too, like Tarantino is a first, or a new actor is a first, or whatever. You know, so you we, your big thing is Radiohead, like that's your favorite thing in the world. So yeah, we're gonna you're get dying to hit Radiohead, right? So you probably hit the birthday. Yeah, that that yeah, the movie will be less important to me. I'll have a big span. Right. Like I'll either I'll either be able to do the debut, whatever week that was that it debuted, or I'll do whenever it charted the best, I guess, and I'll and I'll choose a song. Um, so I think I have I I can maybe fit in a movie that I really dig about that, but in that time period. But I the music is more important for that one. Yeah, and the movies I was really holding on for Tarantino. So yeah. In fact, we hit it. It was like, oh, cool. All right, we got we got we got at least yeah. one in the in the bag there. Um. So yeah, what am I looking forward to next, I guess? Or what was the thing I want to do next? That's tough to say. I mean, maybe, you know. Yeah, because we've done now a Scorsese, but not his best ones. Um, good one, but not the best one. Right. And yeah, the plenty. only one he's won the Oscar for, oddly enough. But right. Yeah, just did a part of it, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. It's fun. It's been it's been a fun. I'm not, yeah, I'm not bored yet, so. That's good to know. We'll see, All right. We'll see if I'm bored after we do an interview for Vampire. Oh, is that how it's going to be? I don't know. Be? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Tom Cruise, we, we, haven't, we haven't done a Tom Cruise one in a while. Mission Impossible That was the, three. and that's not really even, because that's more of a weird franchise. And we did Brad Pitt, but it was Legends of the Fall. This is kind of, this is where he. Same time period, though. Isn't it? This is a few years after, isn't it? Yeah. No, oh, 94. Right. It same was, year. It's oh, the same shit. Year. Yeah. yeah. So that, that era, Brad Pitt. Yeah. We're yeah. Again. We did 12 Monkeys, Brad Pitt, too. That's right. I guess we've done uh, a lot Bruce of And Bruce Willis ties all back to Pulp Fiction. There you go. There it is. Um, anything else? That's it. All I got. Okay. See you later.